0: Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this tabernacle, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we can come in this morning, Lord, and offer up sacrifices of praise and worship, Lord. And we just come now this morning, Lord, to hear from your Son, to hear from the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God. We pray, Lord, that your Spirit will move and brood and have free course in this meeting this morning. We pray, Father, that you'll glorify your Son, We pray, Lord, that the Comforter, the Holy Spirit will move. And mighty things will be done here this morning, Lord, for your glory, Lord. We commit this meeting into your hands, Lord. We ask for your blessing upon it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. So, I'm just going to give you the word this morning that the Lord gave me. And the title this morning is, He Was, He Is, and He Is to Come. He Was, He Is. And he is to come. Now this morning, I want you to see Christ. I want you to see the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, not flesh. We're in the tabernacle this morning to praise him, to worship him, and to hear the word of God. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 22. And in Luke chapter 22, as you're turning it up, the Passover is being celebrated in remembrance in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Of the Passover in Egypt. When God delivered his people out of bondage from the Egyptians, but here in the upper room in Luke chapter 22, he wants to be remembered as, as the Passover lamb for the sin of the world. And the lovely Lord Jesus Christ is with the twelve in the upper room and he institutes the Lord's Supper. It says in verse 1 of Luke chapter 22. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. Now the Unleavened Bread, you would have to go to Leviticus. There's different types and meanings for the Unleavened Bread. But the Unleavened Bread would have no yeast. And in one of the sacrifices in Leviticus, it specifically says that there's to be no yeast in the bread. There's to be no yeast in the bread. And the yeast in that sacrifice pointed to corruption. And in the upper room, now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the feast of the Passover. And the bread was unleavened bread. There would have been no yeast. Speaking of the purity, speaking of the spotless Lamb of God, who sat in the upper room as he broke bread and as he drunk the wine with the twelve. But as Jesus was in the upper room with the twelve, in verse 2 and 3 of Luke 22, there were schemes of the flesh, And schemes of spirits, scheming against the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples. In verse 2, And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. So the lovely Lord Jesus Christ is in the upper room with the twelve. They're breaking bread. They're drinking the wine. They're remembering the Passover of Egypt. But the Passover lamb for the sin of the world is in the upper room. Instituting the Lord's Supper. Who we have just partaken of it this morning. And while they are doing that, the schemes of flesh and the schemes of man are scheming against the Lord Jesus Christ. Evil spirits and dark places at work. In verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread. When the Passover must be killed. The lamb had to be a meal. In the temple. The lamb had to be a meal. firstborn without spot or blemish. Raised by a Levitical shepherd. Going back to the book of Leviticus and the sacrifices. Wrapped in swaddling bonds. Pointing to the Levitical sacrifices of the Old Testament. Speaking of Christ. In the upper room. The lamb to the temple. For the Passover. Had to be a male. Had to be the firstborn. Wrapped in swaddling bands to keep it pure and spotless. There could be no blemishes. And those lambs would have came to the temple and been given to the priests. And those lambs would have been slaughtered in the temple to remember the Passover of Egypt. But the Passover lamb for the sin of the world, praise his name, is sitting in the upper room with the twelve. In Jerusalem at that time, there would have been a population of about 80,000. But on Passover, it would have swelled to 100,000 to 250,000 people. There had to be a lamb for every household in the temple. The priests would have been slaughtering the lambs. And there would have been rivers of blood. There would have been rivers of blood in the temple. The priests would have been knee high in blood. And the blood would have been flowing. Out of the temple, down the corridors and down the steps in the Passover. In verse 15 of Luke 22. And he said unto them, with desire I have desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. And that verse means with desire I have desired. In the Greek, it's conveying a deep intensity. Jesus is on a mission. Through the will of the father. He is desiring to eat the Passover. With the disciples. These words were comforting. In light of what was to come. In light of his suffering. And the crucifixion. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And verse 2 says. Looking on to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy. That was set before him. Endured the cross despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the hand of the throne of God for the joy that was set before him. It was a joy for the God's Son to do the Father's will. And this morning, brothers and sisters, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, the risen Christ, the risen Messiah, and some day soon he will come back for his people the lovely, the spotless Lamb of God. In the upper room with the twelve. Christ was our substitute. His life for ours. The just for the unjust. That we can come this morning. Into this tabernacle. And we can praise him. And we can worship him. Because we have been redeemed by the spotless pure lamb. Of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 21 of the chapter. But behold the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table, but behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. Judas has been with Jesus. He has touched Jesus. He has listened to Jesus' words, and he has fellowshipped with Jesus. but Judas was lost. Judas was lost. Have you been coming into the tabernacle? Sunday morning, Sunday evening, have you been singing and giving lip service to the lovely Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been putting on your suit or whatever it might be, but remember it's not about the suits, it's about the fruits. It's about the soul. It's about the heart before a living God. You can fool the pastor. You can fool the congregation, but you can't fool Christ. He sees the innards. And he knows your heart. Have you been coming into this tabernacle? And you're still lost. You're still not saved. You've heard the word of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. From this pulpit. Over and over again. But the blood. Still not has been applied. To your life. In verse 24 of the chapter. It says this. And there was also a strife among them. Which of them shall be accounted the greatest? The lovely Lord Jesus Christ is about to be crucified. The lovely Lord Jesus Christ is about to suffer. And an argument breaks out among the disciples about who is the greatest. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Verses 44 and 45. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Serve. Serve. And if you haven't found out what you're meant to do yet, and the door hasn't opened, stand in the hallway and praise him anyway, and wait for the doors to open. Everybody has a talent. Everybody can serve. The lovely Lord Jesus Christ was the servant king. He came to serve. In verse 44. And whosoever of you will be chiefest shall be the servant of all. For even the son of man. The lovely Lord Jesus Christ came not to be ministered on to. But to minister. And to give his life a ransom for many. And the many are sitting here this morning. You have been ransomed this morning. Not of works. But of what he has done. No No pope. No priest, no Buddha, no Mohammed can save your soul. You can only be redeemed and saved by the precious shed blood of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. And you here this morning who are saved. And you here this morning who are redeemed. You have a right to rejoice. You have a right to rejoice. You are chosen of God. You are kingdom bound. God's people have a lot to rejoice about. We are blood washed this morning and we are blood bought. Turn to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and verse 4 and 5. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a a towel and girded himself. He raiseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. Verse 5. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel wherewith he was girded. This should have been done before the Lord's Supper was taken by a servant. Standing in the upper room door. And as the people came in. To have the meal. The servant would have been at the door. With a basin of water on his knees. Taking a towel. And washing the feet before they reclined. Before they took the Lord's Supper. Because when they took the Lord's Supper. When they reclined in those days. They would have been laying on their sides. As they ate. And as they took the bread and the wine. The feet would have been dusty. From walking around Jerusalem. And the feet should have been cleaned. Before the Lord's Supper took place. But the Lord's Supper has taken place. There's an argument that's broken out. And the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest. And the Lord speaks not a word. He takes to his knees. He fills a bowl of water. He takes the towel. And he stoops down. And he starts to wash the feet of the disciples. That would have ended the argument. You would have heard a pin drop. The king of kings and the lord of lords is on his knees with a basin of water. Who is the greatest? Let him serve. The greatest was at the feet. The great I am. The son of the living God was at the feet of the disciples on his knees. And he says, I am the greatest. And if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, serve him. Serve him. How's your service going for the lovely Lord Jesus Christ? Are we going to be embarrassed when we meet him? Are we going to be embarrassed? God, forgive us for not serving the master, the wonderful, lovely Lord Jesus Christ. The argument at that point in the upper room, what have finished. Let's go to Mark Chapter ten. Mark Chapter ten and the verse forty five. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life, a ransom for many. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life, a ransom for the many. In this tabernacle this morning is the many, and he was your ransom. He was your sacrifice in the upper room, breaking the bread and drinking the wine. This is my body. This is my blood, which is shed for you, the many, in this tabernacle this morning, redeemed by the precious shed blood of the Lamb. He was in Gethsemane. Let's turn back to Luke chapter 22, and we'll start to read from verse 39. Luke 22, verse 39. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. So Jesus goes now to the Mount of Olives, verse 45 and 46. And when he rose up from praying and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, why sleep ye? Rise and pray lest ye enter into temptation. Jesus is in Gethsemane in the Mount of Olives. He's there with the disciples. And the disciples fall asleep. If Jesus had to pray, how much more do we need to pray? Jesus is in Gethsemane with the disciples. And the disciples have fallen asleep. Jesus is being pressed and crushed by the weight of what is about to take place. The cup of the wrath is to be poured out upon him. The wrath of the Father that should have been received by us. Hermitotrosis is a medical term and it means the sweat drops of blood. The grief and the stress that the lovely Lord Jesus Christ was feeling now meant that he started to sweat drops of blood and the disciples were sleeping as he sweated the blood. Is there sleeping disciples in the church? Is there sleeping disciples in the church and your life is spiraling out of control and you're crying out day after day, Lord, where are you? What's going on? How's your prayer life? How's your relationship with the lovely Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus is there. You're redeemed. You can't be saved and lost. You're blood bought and redeemed. You can't be saved and lost. Because that means the cross was a failure. You cannot be saved and lost. So what then has happened? Jesus hasn't moved. You have. You have fallen asleep. Get back on your knees and fight your battles. If Jesus had to pray, how much more do the people of God need to be found in prayer, fighting their battles on their knees before the throne of grace? And he hears your prayers. He hears you. He battles your tears. He loves you. The Father gave his son for you. And he will keep you. He will finish the work that he started in you. You trust him. Wake up disciple and get on your knees and start praying again and get into the battle. He was in the high priest's house. Jesus is blasphemed, beaten, spot on, judged by a kangaroo court by the Sanhedrin. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Verse 63. Now listen to the verse. Jesus is being judged, beaten, spat, mocked. Roman soldiers buffeting them. Listen to the verse. Matthew chapter 26, verse 63. But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. But Jesus held his peace. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And verse 7. The prophecy of Isaiah. 740 years before the birth of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53 and verse 7. Why did Jesus hold his peace? And why did he not speak? Well, the prophecy tells us why. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought his lamb to the slaughter, and his sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not. His mouth. Isaiah knew he wouldn't speak 740 years before he was even born. The prophecy of Isaiah. Jesus spoke not. He didn't answer. He was scourged. A handle with several cords and leather straps, pieces of metal and bone six to seven inches long. The victim tied to the post, and the victim would normally die at the scourging. They wouldn't make the cross. They would die at the post. The scourging on the back, the buttocks, the legs, until you could see his etern- internal organs. Whipped by Roman centurions, battle-hardened soldiers. They would whip him, turn the handle and pull, and as the pull, the flesh would come out. There would be blood everywhere. And you would see his internal organs. His spine and his ribs. You see people talk about the cross. And they just brush over it. He sweat blood. In Gethsemane. He was beaten. In front of the Sanhedrin. He was butchered. He was butchered at the whipping post. Make no mistake about it. He was butchered at the whipping post that you could be redeemed. That blood that flowed from Calvary's cross atones for your sin this morning. So you can come into this tabernacle and you can praise his holy name. What a Saviour! The lovely Lord Jesus Christ. He was given a crown of thorns. Not like the thorns that we have here. The thorns were one and a half to two inches long. And they would have shoved the crown on his head. And took a reed. And they would have beat the crown. Into his brow. Which would have sent multiple puncture wounds into his skull. Picture him this morning. Beaten. Mocked. With the crown of thorns. Thorns. He's already butchered and he hasn't even made the cross yet. He was butchered. By these Roman soldiers. He was crucified. Asphyxiation or exhaustion. Was the main reason. For a person to die on the cross. The nails were five to seven inches long. Driven into the wrists. To sever the nerves. So there would be more pain. There was more pain. The nerves were severed. To create more pain. To create ultimate pain. As if he had already not had enough. To avoid the arteries so the blood wouldn't flow. To lengthen the crucifixion. The feet overlapped. And pushed back. And a nail taken. And driven through both feet. Again in an area... To sever the nerves that miss the artery, to give more pain, but also to lengthen the crucifixion. Jesus would have been able to breathe in, but not breathe out. He could have breathed in, but he couldn't breathe out. He would have had to try to push himself up on the nails to speak. Every word that Christ spoke on that cross would have been an excruciating pain because he had to push himself up with the spikes and the nails to speak. Every word that he spoke on that cross was precious because he spoke it in agony and in suffering. Let's turn to Luke chapter 23, 34. Luke 23, 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Even as Christ hung on the cross, he was interceding for you. He was interceding for you. And I hear in this modern day, when things are waxing worse, that you can be nearly who you want to be now. But I have a word this morning, and it's transgressors, and it should be top of your list. You're a transgressor. You're in sin against God. You're in need of a transformation and a transaction. The transaction, your sin, covered in the lovely blood of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God transgressors in need of a transformation and a transaction. And that can happen. You're here this morning. You're not saved. You're watching online. You can be redeemed and blood-bought and have your sins washed away by whom I'm speaking about this morning. Look at the suffering Of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. The legs would have been broken. To end the crucifixion. The victim would die. When the legs were broken. From suffocation. Let's go to John 19. John 19. 32. John nineteen thirty two to 37. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they brake not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record. And his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith through. That ye might believe. For these things were done. That the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith. They shall look on him. Whom they pierced. A bone of him shall not be broken. And on the sacrifices in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 12. And Numbers chapter 9. You will find that when The lamb. Came to be sacrificed. There was to be no broken bones. Pointing to the cross. Pointing to the cross. For Christ had already given up the ghost. Speaking of Zechariah. The prophet chapter 12. They will look upon him. Whom they pierced. All they could do. At the cross. Was fulfill the words. Of him. Who hung on the cross. That's all they could do. All they could do at the cross was fulfill the words of him who was hanging on that cross. He was in the tomb. But he exercised his sovereignty as God to voluntarily give his life. And he rose from the dead. Mark 16. Mark chapter 16. He voluntarily rose from the dead and exercised his sovereignty. What a wonderful, almighty, powerful God we have. Mark 16 and the verse 6. And he saith unto them, Be not afraid. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they led him. He's not in the tomb this morning, brothers and sisters. He's at the right hand of the Father. And he's waiting on the word to come back for his people. He is to come. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Verse 4 reads this. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Which is, which was and which is to come. Speaking of the eternal I am. The eternal God. God incarnate. What does incarnate mean? God in human form. God incarnate. And we will see him and we will behold him. Which is and which was and which is to come. And in verse 8 of the same chapter, it says this I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. The almighty, majestic, I am, incarnate, God in the flesh. And we will behold him. We will behold him face to face when he comes back for the church and the redeemed. You're listening to this this morning. I don't know, you're not saved. You're listening online. You have a decision to make. Because you have heard the word of the living God. You are at a crossroads this morning. You are at a fork in the road. And you can go the way of the cross. Or you can go the way of eternal separation from God. It doesn't have to be like that. What love. What love from the Son. Look at the sufferings of the Son. He loves you more than anybody could ever love you. Look at the sufferings this morning. Gethsemane, the whipping post, the mocking, the blaspheming, and the cross. He loves you with an everlasting love. He gave himself for you. He's standing before you this morning with his hands out, showing you the nails. He says, put your fingers into my side. Forthwith flowed blood and water. The redeeming blood of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ ran down that tree. And the water speaking of the Holy Spirit, the comforter. He loves you. We talk about love in this modern day. There's no love like the love of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. You haven't started to live Until you've met the Master. You say this morning, I don't believe it, Glenn. I don't believe the Word. I don't believe in devils. I don't believe in demons. Acts chapter 19. chapter 19, and we'll go to verse 15, just one verse. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are ye? If you're watching online this morning, or you're here in this tabernacle, and you say, I don't believe I don't believe this, Jesus and the devil and the demons. Well, a star for you in the school of Satan. That's what he wants you to believe. Well done. And do you know you're actually in a minority? You're in the minority. Because the demons believe. The demons believe. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know And Paul, I know. But who are ye? Is that what they're saying about you this morning? Who are ye? You're not blood bought. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. We'll go to the verse 28, 29. And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thy Son of God? So that settles your argument. And behold, they cried out saying, "What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thy Son of God, Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? What is the time? Judgment. When death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. Judgment. Believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ because time is short and He's coming back for His people. You've heard the word this morning, not my words. It's the word of God. I'm just the messenger. God is speaking. God is moving in this tabernacle by his spirit. And God is speaking online to people who are watching. The blood bought, remember the cost of your redemption. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. Blood bought, remember the cost of your redemption. I press toward the mark Of the praise of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Press towards your mark. Press towards the praise and the high calling that is on your life. Build His kingdom and glorify His name. And you've heard these words from God this morning. And you're lost. And you're still in your transgressions. Well the transaction can happen this morning. See somebody this morning. Don't leave this tabernacle. You're watching online. You contact somebody online from the church. We can't save you. This church can't save you. But Jesus can. He will wash you. In the precious shed blood of the Lamb. And then you will be transformed. The transaction will be done. And you will be led. Into his glorious kingdom. He was. He is. And he is to come. Praise his name.